It is a great encouragement to see so many back here this afternoon as we continue to worship our Father in spirit and truth. Thank you for being here. I know we have guests here among us. Thank you as well as we continue to study the Word of God. We'll dive into our lesson here in just a moment. Just want to remind everybody of some of the things that we have going on. I know we've been mentioning it quite a bit. Just want to encourage everybody with the upcoming series of answering Bible questions uh, one more week, if you can, to talk to your friends, your neighbors, uh, people that you interact with, and and see what Bible questions they may have and how we might be able to help them along the way. Also, I'm going to ask that you be praying for uh, myself and for Steve. Lord willing, we're starting a uh, Bible study at the University of North Texas, uh, August 29th. That's a Wednesday. And so uh, we've already been uh, working with a couple of the college students there. So be praying as we continue to uh, teach the word of God and hopefully open up more doors to help others learn, learn more about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Thursdays, every Thursdays, uh, every Thursday at 7 p.m., we're going to gather here at the building for our evangelism class, uh, really focusing upon the how we go about uh, teaching others and talking to others. So just want to encourage everyone with that and be praying about all the things that we have going on here uh, in the future days, weeks, and months ahead. Well, I want to take you back to the Old Testament for a few minutes, and there's one man in particular that I want to talk about this afternoon, and his name is Moses. What comes to mind when you think of the man named Moses? I'll just pause for just a second. There are a lot of stories, and it's hard to pick just one thing, and I'm not asking just to pick one thing that comes to mind when you think of Moses. I would tell you that when I think about Moses, I instantly go to Exodus, in particular Exodus chapter 2, where we see the birth of Moses and how there were challenges from the very beginning with his mother and how uh, Moses had to be hid from the Egyptians for about three months. I also look at Exodus chapter 2, or I think about Exodus chapter 2 and Moses when he was older and he saw one of his Hebrew brothers being, uh, being mistreated by one of the Egyptians and how he took matters into his own hands and he would end up killing that Egyptian. Did you think about that? What about Exodus chapter 3 when God called, or before that actually, when Moses had the burning bush experience? You're talking about an experience where Moses had this interaction with God. And when God called him to lead his people out of captivity, remember in Exodus chapter 3, and Moses, he used, I think, four or five different excuses saying, I can't get the job done. And Moses said, no, or the Lord said, no, I'm going to be with you along the way. There are so many different examples that we can think about. I think about the Ten Commandments and all the mountaintop experiences that Moses had. Or maybe you're thinking of the New Testament in Matthew chapter 17 when, when Moses was there, when Jesus was transfigured. We can go on and on and on. We haven't even talked about the Red Sea. Or when he threw down the tablets or the golden calf or when he spoke to the rock or when he struck the rock. There's so many different stories that come to mind. Yet there is one, one verse that in the past I have not really thought about until recently, in particular as I was preparing for this lesson. And it's found in Numbers chapter 12. Will you open up your Bible with me please to Numbers chapter 12. Maybe you're already familiar with this uh, passage here where Moses is described, uh, a characteristic that Moses had that in times past, I have not really focused too much upon. I have not really heard too many lessons or discussions upon it. Maybe I've just missed out on some things. But in Numbers chapter 12 and verse number 3, there's an interesting statement found here. Now the man Moses was very humble 
more than any man who was on the face of the earth. Think about that for a second. Moses was very humble, more than any man who was on the face of the earth. That's pretty amazing to me. The Holy Spirit took this time to make sure that we understand something about Moses. When you think about that statement, the most humble man than any other man or any other man who was on the face of the earth, that's a pretty big statement. I think about certain men that stood out more than among, more than uh, other men like Solomon. I think about Solomon. Solomon was the wisest man, right, to live, obviously, uh, outside of Jesus Christ. Or I think about Samson. Samson was uh, the strong man, the strongest one uh, to live. And yet, I have not really thought so much about Moses and the fact that he was the most humble individual on all the face of the earth. And it's interesting because as we'll see this translation or this passage here for the word humble, depending on what translation you're reading in the ESV and the King James, it says meek, or then I think that's the idea of gentle. And so when you really think about this idea of Moses and being humble or meek or gentle, that's not something that has stood out to me in times past. And I got to tell you, when I'm thinking about some of these men that I read about in the Bible and some of these qualities or characteristics that they had, when I think about Solomon, I would love to have the wisdom that Solomon had, wouldn't you? To, to be able to be so wise and discerning that you have this type of wisdom. Or what about Samson and the strength that he had? I think that's kind of somewhat attractive to the, the physical strength that Samson had. But how often are we really desiring to be the most humble person on all the face of the earth? Or how often are we really that excited about being described as one of the most gentle individuals or having this type of quality? It is very interesting that Moses indeed had this and is, and is described in this manner. Someone said this, that reputation is what people think about you, but character is what God knows about you. And certainly God knew about Moses. He knew about his heart and the type of individual that he was. I want to share this passage with you, or I'm sharing this with you, and I want to look at Numbers chapter 12 for a few minutes as we continue our theme. Our theme for this year is becoming more like Christ. And for the month of August, we've been looking at the fruit of the spirit of gentleness. And I believe there's some great lessons that we can learn. I introduced this series a couple of weeks ago as we looked at Matthew chapter 11 and verses 28 through 30, where Jesus described himself as being gentle and lowly in heart. And I believe as we look at this man named Moses and the qualities that he had, that we will continue to see the benefits uh, and the, the blessing of being a gentle in nature and how this is so pleasing in the sight of God. Gentleness is a quality that those who are a part of the kingdom of God should have. That's what Jesus spoke about. Blessed are the gentle for they shall inherit the earth in Matthew chapter five and verse number five. The idea of gentleness can be described as having a strong hand with a gentle touch about being powerful, yet keeping that power under control. And certainly we're going to see this quality or these qualities in the life of Moses. I'm reading from the New American Standard, and my translation says very humble. And again, as I mentioned, the ESV says meek, the King James says meek. Another translation says gentle. The same word here for humble is found in Psalm 37, verse number 11. And that's the passage where Jesus is quoting from in Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 5. And so as we talk about Moses, we see that he had this quality of, of meekness, of gentleness. And this is a quality that all of us are to have. And so we're going to talk for a few minutes about the most humble man in the world. And I wanted to share with you some qualities 
that we can see in the life of Moses and certainly the application that we can uh, take along the way. So let's consider four thoughts uh, as we look at the life of Moses. The first thing I want you to understand or to remember as we talk about this idea of being humble or meek or gentle is the fact that Moses was not weak. He was not a weak individual. And I think when people think of this concept of gentleness or meekness, that again, that they often think about the fact that, well, if I have this quality or if I'm trying to demonstrate this or emulate uh, individuals like this, that, that I'm going to be weak in nature. And that couldn't be farther from the truth. When you really take the time to think about Moses, we see that Moses was not weak at all. In fact, there's great power in gentleness. And certainly this is what we find in the life of Moses. The life of Moses will help us to eliminate the false notion that this idea of meekness is the idea of weakness. That couldn't be further from the truth. There's actually great strength when it comes to being meek or gentle in nature. Think about Moses and who he was. He was a, a great leader. He led the people out of captivity in the land, from the land of Egypt. And God would use him for mighty tasks along the way. In fact, we see something that would take great strength on the part of Moses. I want you to turn over to Exodus chapter 32. In Exodus chapter 32, after Moses came down from, uh, from the mountain in Exodus chapter 32, he's going to find that the people are out of control. And in verse number 25, I want to read a few of these verses here. I want you to see the power of Moses. Yes, he was meek. He was gentle. He was humble in nature. And that not, that's not to mean that he was weak. Oh, this situation here would demonstrate his strength that he actually had. In Exodus 32 and verse 25, the Bible says, When Moses saw that the people were out of control, for Aaron had let them get out of control to be a derision among their enemies. Then Moses stood in the camp or in the gate of the camp and said, Whoever is for the Lord, come to me. And all the sons of Levi gathered together to him. He said to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, every man of you, who, who, uh, every man of you put his sword upon his thigh and go back and forth from gate to gate in the camp and kill every man his brother and every man his friend and every man his neighbor. My friend, that's not being weak at all. That he had great strength in doing some very challenging things. And verse number 28, the Bible says, So the sons of Levi did as Moses instructed, and about 3,000 men of the people fell that day. Then Moses said, Dedicate yourselves today to the Lord, for every man has been against his son and against his brother, in order that he may bestow a blessing upon you today. On the next day, Moses said to the people, You yourselves have committed a great sin. You see, Moses was not weak in the fact that he did not stand out or stand up to talk about what was right and what was wrong. He had great strength, and that took a lot of strength to stand before the people of God and to say, what you have done is sin in the eyes of God. And he said in verse 30, and now I'm going up to the Lord, perhaps I can make atonement for your sin. Then Moses returned to the Lord and said, alas, this people has committed a great sin, and they have made a God of gold for themselves. Now watch this. And I think, again, this demonstrates the meekness or the gentleness that Moses truly had. I want you to see the mindset that he had, the care that he had for the people of God. In verse 32, he said, but now, if you will forgive their sin, and if not, please blot me out from your book, which you have written. Those are some strong words. This is a man of God, and he's saying, please forgive them with what they've done. If not, take my name out of the book. He said, blot, my, blot me out from your book, which you have written. The Lord said to Moses, whoever has sinned against me, I will blot him out of my book. So 
while God said, no, I'm going to do what I'm going to do, I want you just to think about the mindset that Moses had. He was thinking about these individuals and he was thinking about their well-being. And I think there's something to be said there about the meekness or the humility or gentleness that Moses had. And it made me think about Romans chapter 9. Remember in Romans chapter 9 and verse number 3, Romans 9, 10, 11 are a block. And, and, and Paul is talking about how the Israelites had a zeal for the Lord, but not according to knowledge. And when he would begin in Romans chapter 9, he would talk about how he wished that he could be accursed for them. In other words, he's saying, I wish I could take their place. And I think there's something powerful there about this mindset that men like Moses and Paul certainly had where they were thinking about others and were willing to sacrifice so much for the lives of others. Moses, my friend, he was not weak. And when you think about him being the most humble man in the world, or depending on what translation you're reading, the most meek or gentle man in the world, that did not mean that he was weak by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, when you go back to our main passage in Numbers chapter 12, there is a reason why the Holy Spirit included this verse in verse number 3. We haven't really looked at the situation, so let's talk about what was taking place. In Numbers chapter 12 and verse 1, the Bible says, Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses. You guys know who Miriam and Aaron were? They were his siblings, all right? Aaron uh, was his brother. He was going to be a spokesman and assist uh, Moses along the way. He was a priest, and Miriam was a prophetess. And so we find these three individuals had great power and great influence, Moses, Miriam, and Aaron. But yet we find that his brother and sister, and it appears primarily that it would be Miriam who was leading this charge against Moses, they spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman whom he had married, for he had had married a Cushite woman. And they said, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? So it appeared that there was some kind of jealousy that was taking place. Is Moses monopoly? Is he taking all the credit? Is he out front too much? There was something going on there. And Miriam is leading this charge seemingly against Moses. She certainly is not happy with the woman uh, that he married. And so in verse two, it says, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us as well? And the Lord heard it, which is very fascinating as well. It appears that maybe Moses wasn't going to say anything about this. Now, while he knew maybe about what was taking place between Miriam and Aaron, he was just going to seemingly remain quiet, which is interesting too, because if that is the case, it shows us the mindset that Moses had. When it came to things pertaining to God, we know how zealous Moses was. Uh, standing out and, and saying the right things when it came to God and his glory and who he was. But when this attack came against him, he, he didn't retaliate. We don't see any complaining on his behalf. We don't see any retaliation on his, on his behalf. And seemingly, we don't see him even appealing to God. And I think there's some quality there, this idea of being meek and gentle that Moses had, where he had this calm temper of mind and was not easily provoked even though the very people closest to him were coming after him. Now, the reason why the Lord is going to speak and say something, and I think even include this verse in verse number three, is to demonstrate how Moses just handled this entire situation. That throughout it all, he was humble, and this is who he was. This was the character of Moses uh, throughout his life. Now, in verse number three, verse number two, it says, the Lord heard it. And then in verse number four, it says, suddenly the Lord said to Moses and Aaron and to Miriam, you three come out to the tent of meeting. So the three of them came out. 
Then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the doorway of the tent, and he called Aaron and Miriam. When they had both come forward, he said, Hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, shall make myself known to him in a vision. I shall speak with him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. Here's what God is going to do. He's going to make sure that they understand that Moses was his servant. And the words or the complaining or the whatever it was between Miriam and Aaron This was more of an attack, I think, against God and his authority and the fact that he had put Moses in that position of leadership. And so now what they are doing by going against Moses, they're actually going against the Lord. And so just look at how God describes Moses. And again, we can see the character of this man. He said, if there's a prophet among you in verse six, I, the Lord shall make myself known to him in a vision. I shall speak with him in a dream. Not so with my servant, Moses. He's faithful in all my household. You see the qualities that he had and how God is commending him with him. I speak mouth to mouth, even openly and not in dark sayings. And he beholds the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant against Moses? That's powerful there. Where God is speaking, he's speaking on behalf of Moses. You've gone too far. And it's also interesting, too, that maybe it was just Moses waiting upon the Lord to take matters into his hands. And Moses said, I'm just going to wait and allow God to do what he may want to do. We see that Moses, by no stretch of the imagination, was he weak, my friends. He was gentle. He was meek. And when you are handling a situation like this or involved in a situation like this, where you have people coming up against you, in particular, your own flesh and blood, And at the way that he handled himself in a gentle way, this is Moses we're talking about, the leader of the Israelites. He certainly had great power and authority. And yet the way that he responded was certainly in a gentle way. Now look at verse 9. It gets even more interesting. So the anger of the Lord burned against them, and he departed. Now, but when the cloud had withdrawn from over the tent, behold, Miriam was leprous as white as snow. And Aaron turned toward Miriam, behold, she was leprous. Then Aaron said to Moses, O my Lord, I beg you, do not account this sin to us in which we have acted foolishly, in which we have sinned. So Aaron said, we have sinned. But the emphasis still seems to be upon Miriam because now she has leprosy. Watch this. Oh, do not let her be like one dead whose flesh is half eaten away when he comes from his mother's womb. Moses cried out to the Lord. Stop right there. (laughs) I think if somebody did this to, and I can't speak for everybody, but I think if somebody did this to me or maybe to one of us, there could be a hint of, you know what? That's exactly what you deserve. You you came up against me. This is a, this is who I am. This is the position that God has given me. This is exactly what you deserve. That wasn't the mindset of Moses at all. You see what he's doing here? He's crying out to the Lord and he's saying, oh God, heal her. I pray there's no retaliation on his part. There's no holding on to this type of grudge toward his sister or toward his brother. That, my friend, takes a lot of strength. That takes a lot of control and meekness. And that's why this idea of of the most humble man in the world or meek or gentle man in the world, it's not talking about the fact that he was weak. That takes great strength. And now watch this. He, he would cry out to the Lord, but the Lord said to Moses, if, if her father had but spit in her face, would she not bear her shame for seven days? Let her be shut up for seven days outside the camp, and afterwards she may be received again. So God was going to make sure that Miriam uh, and the people got this message very clear. Moses is my special servant. I'm saying all of this because I want you to see that when we look at Moses, whether it was mentally or spiritually, and even for that matter, physically, he was not a weak individual. 
In fact, he had great strength. And this quality of being meek or gentle and lowly in heart is not about the idea of us being weak and just allowing people to run over us or anything like that, but rather it's one that has great strength and great control that we should demonstrate in our lives. And so that's something that we can take away from Moses as we look at his life, that this idea of meekness or gentleness is not about the idea of being weak. We also learn from Moses that this type of characteristic or quality is going to put God first in everything that a person does. Certainly we find this in the life of Moses. And it's interesting, when you look at the interactions that Moses had between or with uh, Pharaoh and other individuals, we can see a, a great uh, distinction with how Moses viewed God and how he handled himself. In Exodus chapter 10, when Moses uh, went before Pharaoh, in Exodus chapter 10 and verse number 3, the Bible says, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said to him, Thus says the Lord, the God of, Hebrew, of the Hebrews, How long will you refuse? to humble yourself before me. Let my people go that they may serve me. Pharaoh had a hard time humbling, humbling himself before the Lord, submitting himself to the Lord. And we find out what would happen as a result of that. But Moses, on the other hand, throughout his life, Moses was one who submitted to God. And again, we go back to our text in Numbers chapter 12, we find that other individuals like Aaron and Miriam, they had a hard time doing that as well. Truly submitting to God and what God wanted them to do. And yet what we find is that Moses strived to put God first in his life. While Miriam and Aaron may have strived or had struggles with jealousy and even a lack of submission to the Lord, Moses time and time again strived to put God first in his life. Submitting to him. Now, was he perfect in doing this? Of course not. Because we can pick up the stories where Moses did not always listen to God. But what we find, I think, is that this was the mindset that he had because this is who he was. He was humble and meek and gentle in nature. And one who has these qualities is going to be one that seeks to do this. In fact, in the book of Zephaniah, we don't often go to the book of Zephaniah in the Old Testament as the prophet was talking to the people of God in chapter 2 and verse number 1. He said, gather yourselves together. Yes, gather, O nation, without shame. Before the decree takes effect, the day passes like the chaff. Before the burning anger of the Lord comes upon you. Before the day of the Lord anger comes upon you. Seek the Lord, all you humble of the earth who have carried out his ordinances. Seek righteousness, seek humility. It's the same word that's found in Numbers 12. I think it's the idea of meekness or uh, this, uh, this characteristic of meekness or gentleness. And one who has these, this quality is going to seek the Lord and seek to be pleasing to God and seek to keep his commandments. And this is exactly what we find in the heart of Moses. He was not weak and he made sure that he strived to put the Lord first in all the things that he did. This is what we find in the most humble man in the world. Thirdly, we see that when we look at the life of Moses, that even though Moses was a great man of strength, a great man of courage, a leader, Moses, he was gentle in nature. He was meek in nature and he respected other individuals. He did not allow his, his position to look down upon other people or never to listen to someone else. Rather, he respected and listened and thought about what people actually said. There's a passage in Exodus chapter 18. Turn over to Exodus chapter 18. We read about Moses and his father-in-law, Jethro. And Jethro is going to come to Moses and he's going to see Moses and this situation that he, that he was in. 
where he is judging the people. And we see Jethro's going to see how Moses, he's just worn out. He's exhausted with all the interaction that he has uh, with the people of God. And so Jethro is going to give him uh, some advice. And it's interesting that Moses, how he would respond to it. In Exodus 18 and verse number 13, the Bible says, It came about the next day that Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood about Moses from the morning until the evening. Now when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, What is this thing that you're doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge and all the people stand about you from morning until evening? Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God. Verse 16, when they have a dispute, it comes to me and I judge between a man and his neighbor and make known the statutes of God and his laws. Moses' father-in-law said to him, the thing that you're doing is not good. (laughs) I think that's great. His father-in-law is just straight to the point. What you're doing, Moses, that's not going to work out too well for you. Now Moses could have said, well, who are you? I'm Moses. I mean, I've already, you know, look at all the things that God has already allowed me to do. I was there when I saw him in the burning bush. And the experiences that I already had. And yet what we're going to find is that that was not the mindset or disposition of Moses at all. Rather, he was meek and gentle at heart. In verse 18, Jethro would continue. He said, you will surely wear out both yourself and these people who are with you. For the task is too heavy for you. You cannot do it alone. Now listen to me. I will give you counsel and God be with you. You be the people's representative before God and you bring the disputes to God. Then teach them the statutes and the laws and make known to them the way in which they are to walk and the work they are to do. Verse 21, furthermore, you shall select out of all the people, able men who fear God, men of truth, those who hate dishonest gain. And you shall place these over them as leaders of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. It's actually really good advice. He's given him some excellent wisdom here. Verse 22, let them judge the people at all times. And let it be that every major dispute they will bring to you But every minor dispute they themselves will judge. So it will be easier for you and they will bear the burden with you. If you do this thing and God so commands you, which is interesting too, making sure that this is going to be acceptable in the eyes of God, then you'll be able to endure and all these people also will go to their place in peace. Here it is in verse 24. So Moses listened to his father-in-law and did all that he had said. It could have been very easy for Moses to say, I don't, I don't really have time to, to listen to you. You know, I got too much work to do. And, and I think I already have all the answers figured out. And yet what we find is that Moses, he listened to this advice. And he was willing to take feedback from someone else. And those who have this type of quality or disposition, while they may have great strength and power, are also going to be willing to listen to others and respect the input that others have to give. And certainly this is a quality that will do us well in whatever situation we may find ourselves in in our lives. This certainly benefited Moses, and it also benefited the people of God. That's another quality that we see in the life of the man who's described as the most humble man in the world. And we see something else here. And I was really thinking about this, and I've still been thinking about this. It took time for Moses to become this way. We, we do sermons about being patient and sermons about joy and now sermons about gentleness. It takes time to really hold on and to grasp. And I think to, to really understand and really even to begin to practice this type of, this type of uh, quality or characteristic in our lives. Uh, did Moses just wake up when he was early one day and boom, that's just who he was. He was gentle in nature. I think there was some work along the way that took place. 
some of you may have been thinking, wait a second, Moses had a ton of blunders in his life. I mean, he lost control time and time again. God told him not to do something, and and he did exactly that. God said, you do this uh, with the rock, and Moses did the exact opposite, the waters of Meribah. So how did did Moses get to this point where God is going to be describing him and he, he, he would often just do some bad things. Think about Exodus chapter three. Nikki and I were talking about this. What about all the, just the resistance that he had when, when the Lord was telling him, this is what I want you to do. As I've been thinking about myself and this quality and how to emulate it more. And for all of us, one of the things that I, that I'm beginning to think about and see, I guess, more with Moses is that this was a lifelong process. This isn't going to just be automatically happen. And after one study of this, this is something that's going to have to continue to grow in nature. And what's interesting is that we do find that Moses, he made progression. There was progression. There was growth in his life. While he didn't take matters into his hands with Aaron and Miriam, he had taken matters into his hands with that Egyptian back in, back in Egypt, back in Exodus chapter two. But when you look at the two time periods and how things had changed, there was growth with Moses and the way that he would handle, him, handle himself and interact with other individuals. And while he submitted to God in, in, in Numbers chapter 12 and Exodus chapter 18 and in other passages, there are plenty of times where he had challenges, where he did not always submit to the Lord and where he needed to continue to grow and mature in his faith. And I think one of the big things for us to take away as we think about this whole series this year of becoming more like Christ, this does not end December 31st. The theme may end December 31st, but becoming more like Christ, when does it ever end, guys? It doesn't. This is something we have to work on every single day, being gentle. And it's more than just and words are powerful and certainly it would apply to our words and how we speak and things like that. But again, it's, it's not just what people think about us. You can have a great reputation and be one of the worst individuals ever. God sees the heart and he knew the heart of Moses. We can look at Moses and say, man, this guy was a mess, but God knew the heart of Moses. God knew the heart of David in first Samuel 16 and verse seven. He looks at the heart. He looked at the hearts of men Well, everybody overlooked King David, God said, that's my man right there because he knew his heart. And so I think for us, even as we think about gentleness or meekness, we really need to think about that this is a a lifelong process. I was thinking about how did Moses, how did he mature becoming more like this? Where the Holy Spirit is going to describe him as the most gentle or humble person on the face of the earth. One of the things I thought about is just how many times Moses encountered the greatness of God. How many experiences did Moses have where he saw the greatness of God, where he must have just stood in awe of God and his power and his majesty, the burning bush, the 10 plagues, the crossing of the Red Sea, being called upon on Mount Sinai over and over the 10 commandments, God or Moses saw the surpassing greatness of God. God said, I spoke to him face to face, unlike others, this closeness that he had with the Lord. And don't you think that that certainly would have created a humble heart in this man, a heart of gentleness and the love that he had even for people who were stubborn and stiff necked and how yet he would still not retaliate and how he would be patient and would not be quick to wrath or anger, but calm in nature. 
This was something, and I believe part of this, the way that he would mature, if not all of this, was in the fact of this interaction that he had with God on a regular basis, seeing and knowing the surpassing greatness of God. And one of the ways that we can become more gentle, more loving, more joyful, more patient, the fruit of the Spirit, is by continually having this interaction with God. While we're not going to be called to a mountaintop, we have the words of God where we can see these experiences and we can see the power of God and we can hear God from his word. And the more we think about God and recognize who he is, his power, his greatness, his majesty, his love, and how he views other people, that should have a direct impact upon how we view other people and how we are gentle toward others and patient toward others, no matter who we may be. And secondly, Moses, he lived by faith. And he was well-educated, and he could have done great things uh, as an Egyptian or in Egypt, but he chose to serve the Lord. He's found in Hebrews chapter 11. It uh, was one of the many of men who had great faith. He chose a more challenging path, and that certainly required great faith. All of these interactions with God and growing his faith certainly would help him as he interacted with thousands of individuals to maintain this meek and gentle mindset. I often try to think about application as I preach sermons and as I teach the word of God. And I guess I could give you three different types of application. Here's an application for the church and here's an application for our homes. And certainly there's a lot of things I think we could say. We should be striving to have this mindset of being gentle and lowly and hard and thinking about others and considering others and even willing to be afflicted. But here's maybe the biggest thing that I'm going to take away. And maybe this is what you will take away as well. Numbers chapter 12 is so powerful in the fact that God described Moses as the most humble man on the face of the earth. And I think the big application is think about how great this is in the eyes of God when he sees his people having this type of character and this quality of meekness and gentleness it can be so easy to get caught up with what other people think about us. But have we thought about what God thinks about us and what God sees in us? And I think maybe that may be the most important thing we take away, that God saw the heart of Moses. And he said, this man right here, this is what I'm looking for. He has it. Yeah, he's got flaws. He's not perfect. He didn't make it into the promised land. He saw it from a distance. But God knew, God knew him. This was who he was, and God was well pleased with him. And as a result of that, God was able to use Moses in a mighty way because of his humble and gentle nature. If the Lord had one verse to describe Benjamin Lee, what would he say? Or if he had one verse to put your name in the Bible, how would he describe you? Have you ever thought about that? Maybe I wouldn't make, I don't think I certainly wouldn't make the most wisest man in the world, the strongest man in the world, and not even the most humble man in the world. But even if I could just fall into, he saw that he was humble or gentle, that would be fantastic. Think about how God described Moses. He knew his heart and he knew this man was striving to do his will. What is God saying about me? And what is God saying about you? When it comes to being gentle and meek and lowly in heart, our example 
is our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we find with men like Moses that this is a quality that the Lord in heaven loves to see. And we'll be able to use individuals with this type of mindset. doesn't matter what the world says. God will be able to use us in a mighty way when we possess this same kind of spirit. Let's strive to become more like our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's strive to become more gentle and more meek in nature. And when we do, great things will happen. Jesus, he was gentle and lowly in heart. He put others before himself, even to the point of death on the cross, so that we could be saved from our sins. And maybe you need to be saved from your sins. Now is the opportunity to do so. He loved you that much that he was willing to suffer and to be afflicted for each and every one of us. If you're not in need of salvation, if you're just in need of encouragement, we want, we want to encourage you at this time. And we just want to encourage everybody as well. Let's strive to become more like Christ. Look at the story of Moses again. And think about what he endured and what he went through and how he handled situations and how he was pleasing to our Father in heaven. Let's sing the invitation. Let's all stand and sing.